Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here, and welcome to episode 1637 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. We have a free eight-day goals course for you, freegoalscourse.co. Get goal Focus Fire Nation. And now we're chatting with today's featured guest, Chris McCluskey. Chris Are you prepared to ignite? Man, the fuse is already lit. Let's go. Chris is frequently cited as the father of the Christian coaching movement. He transitioned out of ownership of the largest psychotherapy practice in Tampa Bay and founded Professional Christian Coaching Institute. He's a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and podcast host. Chris, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. You bet. Uh, life was once upon a time lived back there in Tampa Bay, and I did close that practice down in 1998. I have oh. uh, surrendered my license as a psychotherapist. I used to shrink heads for a living, but uh, <laughs> we sold our, our beautiful home, subdivided neighborhood, four bedrooms, little in-ground pool with a birdcage, but the whole thing in Florida, and moved to the foothills of the Ozark Mountains in 98. We live on our family's farm, 440 acres just out in uh, in God's country, as we call it, Dirt Road, and I have worked from home from then until now doing coaching and, like you said, uh, establishing and now running the world's largest distinctly Christian coach training school that's aligned with the International Coach Federation Standards. So uh, we, we, we coach people around living outside the box, so we just kind of practice what we preach, right? We, we live outside the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what would you say your area of expertise is? What do you specialize in? Intentional living. I mean, in, in, a, in a simple phrase, that's it. Being very, very clear about vision and the things that matter most to me and then aligning my actions in my life then around those. And, of course, that's what coaching is about. When you're doing life coaching with people or leadership coaching, it's the same thing. Get clear about the vision. Get clear about the values that underscore that. Why do you care about that thing? And then what's it going to take to get there? Intentional living is, is what I specialize in. What don't I know about intentional living? What doesn't Fire Nation know about intentional living that as entrepreneurs, we should know? I think that oftentimes we figure we do know a lot, and yet the the primary principle that we lean on heavily in the coaching movement is that the intentionality comes from within you, not from outside. Several years ago, a huge best-selling book in the Christian market, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, just just went like wildfire, 30, 30 million and growing copies sold. But it was, um, it, it, was, it was clearly tapping a desire that people have to live intentionally. And yet so oftentimes when we try to live intentionally, we look outside of ourselves to figure out, well, how should I live? What are other people doing? What, what would maybe make me happy out there? And we start trying to model ourselves after others instead of first and foremost looking inwardly and seeking to draw out what's already in there. I'll give you one of the scriptures that we lean on. Proverbs 20 and verse 5 simply says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, and one who has understanding draws them out. So that inside-out focus of getting clear about intentional living, I think, is a lot of what coaching is about. Chris, you left Tampa Bay. You moved to the Ozarks. There's a lot of ups and downs in that. I mean, you gave up your psychotherapy license and you said, I'm going to embark upon this new adventure. And of course, all new adventures have the ups, they have the downs. Take us to what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment within that adventure. Take us to that moment and tell us that story. 
pretty easy, although it's always painful to go back to it, man. <laughs> we, we, uh, we had sunk everything we had. My wife, Rachel, and I were young-ish at the time. We were 34 when we closed things down there. And we had three children and our fourth on the way. We now have seven children. But it was the birthing of those children and the beginning with the oldest ones to start to homeschool them that opened us up to exploring a different vision for how life could be for us in alignment with values that we were recognizing more as we did that kind of inside-out examination. And there came a point where we realized, although we have poured everything into building this practice. It's going and blowing now. This could be a wonderful and rich life for us. Nothing is wrong, but there is this song, this calling, this, this kind of an angst in our hearts that says that we would really love to be in the country, out, uh, well, here on the family farm. We didn't even know the farm was available at the time, but out in the country where we could live and pour our lives into the kids in a much more daily intentional fashion instead of me being off at a practice. So, we sold that house, we closed that practice, and we only had about $40,000 in cash that we could pull from anywhere to live on. So we actually tightened the belt everywhere we could, bought a single-wide mobile home trailer to set on the property here, sold our two beautiful vehicles, bought a used minivan. We dubbed it the uh, the Ford Humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> And we actually, after the fourth child was born, man, we, we were here on the property maybe two months. Everything checked out okay with well baby care checkups and everything. And we actually dropped health care in order to tighten the belt everywhere we could financially and float for a year-ish on those finances. And then all hell broke loose. I mean, things just went from bad to worse. Instantly, all the plans that we had laid back in Florida just came unraveled. Let's hear about it. Well, I had tested out coaching as a model to be able to work from home back there in Florida. I didn't close all this down and make this move on a whim. We tested it over a year, and I established a private caseload of clients that could work with me by telephone and this new thing at the time called the Internet. We were all playing with America Online. You've got mail. <laughs> and so the idea was, well, hey, when we move to the farm, we're going to take the month of December off. We'll be there in January, beginning of 99. I'll just give you a new email connection to be able to reach me at. Once we get established on the farm, we'll just continue on. On. We got out here, and all they had, they, they had no high-speed internet at all. That was the days of dial-up for most people anyway. But all we had was party lines, Th those ones where you could have up to 10 different people on the line. Oh. And the, you know, the, the Okay, they weren't using them that way, but it couldn't handle even dial-up internet. I had never thought about that. Wow. Never occurred to me that I, that I would be so far out that I couldn't even get on the internet. Well, it took us three months to get lines run out here that could handle basic dial-up internet. We were up two weeks now, I'm not serving my clients. I've lost the ones that I had back there for the most part in Florida. I'm doing what I can by telephone and fax machine at the time. We got set back up in two months into it, or two weeks into it, rather. A tornado ripped through about a mile north of us here, sent a huge surge down the electrical system and fried every piece of computer I had, fax, copier, scanner, everything in the office, my phone line, and we were, com we were completely out. We were down after... Well, by the time we got back up, it was the end of second quarter of that new year, and I had made exactly $740. That's it. We oh. were just – we were dying. All that little bit of a nest egg we had set aside was just uh, evaporating very, very quickly. Horrible moment, man. So, Chris, what's the takeaway? Like, what do you want to make sure that our listeners get from that worst moment? And I can just picture it. I mean, all your equipment's fried, $742 is all the money that's come in, and you're like, what could possibly happen next? 
Yeah, it's perseverance, isn't it? I mean, that's that's really what you do. At that point, we had cut our losses. We moved. We're not going back to Florida. This is where we are. Why? Because we listened to the song of our heart. We we dared to believe that it could become reality. We intentionally set about making it happen, and here we are. They used to tell me in, in scuba diving class, you plan the dive, and then you dive the plan. Well, we planned this work, and we were out here now. We've got to work the plan. It's not working the way I wanted it to, but I don't start looking for what most people would call plan B or plan C. This was plan A. You stick with plan A and it's now plan A.2 or plan A.3 or plan A.15 or 25. But we stick with what we believed. In our case, spiritually speaking, we had been called to. And so it's just head down, nose to the grindstone, perseverance on that intentional plan you laid out. Work the plan. Fire Nation, if you're not willing to persevere, then this isn't for you. Entrepreneurship is not your thing. But if you are willing to persevere, you're going to get through it. It may take a month. It may take a year. It may take a lot of heartbreak. But perseverance is an absolute necessary ingredient to your success. Now, Chris, you have had a lot of great ideas in your life. I mean, of course, moving someplace while checking the internet first was not one of your best ideas you've ever had. But since then, you've had some good. You've had some goodies. So, take us to one of your greatest ideas that you've had to date entrepreneurially. Tell us that story. Uh, there are many, and and I am a serial entrepreneur. I've had four different businesses. Just launched a fifth and two nonprofit five hundred one c threes. I've always got ideas, but. Everything that you heard me saying about why we're out here on this dirt road in the middle of nowhere is because of my wife and I and our vision for family. That's ultimately why we do what we do. We're not particularly looking to make a lot of money. That has certainly come, as is often the case, when you pursue the things that you really love. But it's all about family. And so the idea that I am most excited about right now, and which I consider to be one of our greatest ideas, Rachel's and mine, has been the development of an entrepreneurial training program, if you will, for our kids. We've homeschooled the kids. As I said, we have seven now, and we've launched, actually, the oldest ones out of the nest now. But they have launched with a very different mindset about business and career and how to generate money and what matters most than what Rachel and I went into adulthood with. We had the employee mindset. Get good grades in high school. Why? So you can get to college. Get good grades in college. Why? So you can get a good job. And that's very respectful and honorable, but I had no entrepreneurial experience whatsoever. So we've raised the kids with that, and we developed then, as they've gotten into their later teen and early 20 years, we developed a business incubator that the kids actually plug into. We meet every week. I meet just like I do with my mastermind groups for my coaches or the people that I train here at the Institute at Professional Christian Coaching Institute. I meet with my kids via Telebridge for 90 minutes every week. And we do a live entrepreneurially focused incubator on their business launches now. So we're kind of doing the next generation catching their visions and helping to put feet to it with entrepreneurial business opportunity. Now, I don't want to have you choose your favorite business idea, but what's one of the cool business ideas that your kids has come up with or one of your kids has come up with that you think would be kind of interesting for our listeners to hear about? One of the very fun things that one of my kids started when he was only 13 years old was we've always made sure that the kids had uh, strong access to technology. That was clearly the way that their generation was going to go. We saw that early. And so even if we had to buy used stuff, we bought used and we upgraded it. So the kids have had really deep immersion in the emerging technologies that are part of what they're now totally native to. So our 12-year-old at the time was getting into um, – 
uh, graphic design. And he didn't take any courses other than just doing online searches to learn how to do things. And he started messing with it. He wasn't afraid to break things. So he started putting out on the web little designs that he had done with Nerf guns that he was converting. He would take them all apart, soup them up so that they shot the the little Nerf bullets a lot further. (laughs) And he'd spray paint them all different cool colors. And he'd make graphics of these. It actually looked like a gun site, a weapons site. So we had to change some of his online branding. But the fun idea here was by the time that kid was 13 years old, he had gotten contracts to do graphic design work for businesses around the world. They had no idea this was a 13-year-old kid working from home. And we're trying to figure out how to get him paid in foreign (laughs) currencies and get it sent here. He's just looking at me. And I mean, Rachel and I are just laughing like, yeah, man, this is it. There is no end to the ways that you can make money in this world, especially now with the internet. I love that. And that's why Fire Nation, follow your heart, follow your song. And if you do those things, the money's going to come to you. Now, it's not like easy. It's hard work and you got to persevere and you got to be willing to put in the grind and the hustle and have that grit. But it's out there. And you know, and again, it's out there, especially if you're not looking to make multiple millions of dollars a year, but you know that, hey, you know, I'm going to tighten the belt. I can get by on two, four, six thousand $6,000 per month, like whatever your monthly budget is. And you just start there and see how it grows. And that's where, you know, going back to get your PhD, just to pile on more debt and to do this and to that, it doesn't have to be the way in 2017 and beyond. There's other ways to go about it. And that's why I love what you're bringing to this world, Chris, through your kids. I mean, it's super inspiring to me. Now, speaking of that, what's the one thing today, right now, 2017, that you're most fired up about in your life? Well, I said we had just launched a fifth business, and it is a media company. It's a publishing house, Mount Tabor Media, but it is also a video production company and an audio production company. The podcast that I do, we're pulling best of. The talks that I give at retreats and conferences around the world, we've been videotaping those. One of my sons has a videography business, and so we've got video capture of that, and we can produce those at a high-quality level now. And so really, as Seth Godin and others have written about, any one of us who has a computer has the potential to have your own publishing house or your own production house for multimedia kinds of things. So that new media company, that's got me pretty stoked. We're taking a lot of the coursework that we've been teaching for about 16 years through Professional Christian Coaching Institute. And we're turning it into online interactive media work that can go out to just a large lay population, people that don't necessarily want to make their living doing coaching, Mm. but they just want to be able to apply a coach approach to their life, to their parenting, to whatever business or ministry they may be doing. So it excites me that I don't have to go out and try to find somebody. Like years ago, Rachel and I wrote a book and, and we landed it with one of the big publishers. Great. But you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to go out and knock on doors and try to find somebody to produce your video thing or your audio idea or or certainly not any kind of a printing thing. So Mount Tabor Media, that's the big thing now because that is the means of production and distribution to reach just unbelievably large audiences with whatever it is you feel like you've been committed with. So if Fire Nation wants to apply a coach approach like this, where will we go to find out more? ProfessionalChristianCoachingToday.com is the podcast, and that'll tie into the Institute as well. And there's all kinds of free resources on there, including an inventory that's free for downloading called Align Your Life. That is about really taking kind of an examination with yourself. We call it a quick checkup with God. It's looking at the things that you feel you were actually called to in this season of your life, 
and then assessing where am I right now with regard to those? Am I moving forward on that? Have I even identified it? Have I identified it but not taken action on it? It's just a quick and dirty kind of an assessment to see where I am, where am I in all major areas of my life. Again, Professional Christian Coaching Today. Well, Fire Nation, I hope you feel called to stick around for the lightning round, which is coming right up after we thank our sponsors. You know creating and growing a business isn't easy, but there are endless perks that come along with it, like financial freedom, being your own boss, and having more control of your time. But maybe you're just not sure where to start. When you open a UPS store franchise, all of these perks can be yours, plus more. The UPS store has over 35 years of franchising experience and was just ranked the number four top franchise to own by Entrepreneur Magazine's 2017 Franchise 500 list. The UPS store offers stability, the support and reputation of a world-renowned brand, and a proven business model with all the training and marketing support you need to make your entrepreneurial dream come true. Their franchising experts will even help you find a location that's just right for you. Plus, there's financing for those who qualify and special programs for military veterans. The time to promote yourself to business owner is now. Visit the UPS store franchising.com slash fire to get started today. That's the UPS store franchising.com slash fire. I remember when I started EO Fire, my mission to inspire millions. And I know you have a mission too, but it's tough to focus on that mission when you're bogged down in the day-to-day operations of your business. So don't let those things dominate your time. There's software that can help you find tools to control the day-to-day busy work, and it's called Capterra. Capterra is an easy-to-use website with over 400 categories of software to choose from. It not only helps you find the best software solutions for your business needs, including website building, customer service, and project management tools, they also have thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you. And the best part, using Capterra is absolutely free. Join the millions of people who use Capterra every month to make the right software decisions. Visit Visit capterra.com slash fire to find the software that will help you do what you do better. That's capterra, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. Chris, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I am. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Actually, I mentioned it a little earlier. It was principally ignorance. It wasn't so much fear. I'm not a man who is very much governed by his fears. If I see something and I'm passionate about it, I go for it. I do develop a plan. I try to stick to that plan as much as I can. But it was ignorance of the worldview, the mindset about entrepreneurism. Once I caught it, it was, it was no holds barred. Let's go. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, one of my mentors is Michael Gerber, the author of the book, The E-Myth, The E-Myth Revisited. He's got a new one out called the e- uh, Beyond the E-Myth. But uh, among the things that he emphasizes in there and that he has said to me over and over again is about the importance of systematizing. Whatever it is that you're going to pursue, you need to establish a system for it because he says ultimately in the end, if you had a viable business idea and it didn't succeed, for whatever you know, whatever you think the reasons are, the thing eventually never actually caught fire. He says it's not that your business failed. Your systems failed. 
you either didn't establish systems or having established them, you didn't work them. But the importance of systematizing a business venture has been huge for me. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Every morning, it's up at a specific time. I have a a chronic life-threatening health illness, so the first thing I do is attend to one of my medical treatments that I have to do for that, and then it's private devotional reading and prayer time before I go hit the shower, well, do my workout, hit the shower, and then have breakfast with the family. We do devotions in the morning then as a family with my kids, so there's this almost like Mr. Rogers kind of a structured start (laughs) to the day. And everything goes so much smoother when we stick with that kind of a protocol. Share an internet resource like an Evernote with Fire Nation. You didn't ask me about my biggest weaknesses, but I'll tell you what my biggest weakness is. It's technology. I I made sure that our next generation got poured into with tech. But the most technology I had in my undergrad studies was a card sorter. I had no computer experience. And to this day, although I run this huge international ministry and business, I don't do well with technology. So internet stuff is not my thing. We use Infusionsoft and I love it, but it's my my assistants and my wife that do that, not me. But the internet resource <laughs> I'd recommend to your listeners is if you are a coach or if you are looking for a coach, we actually put together a search engine that's free out there. So again, at that same website, professionalchristiancoachingtoday.com, if you're a coach, you can list yourself for free. If you are looking for a coach, you can search for free. It's a tremendously valuable resource for those who are looking for specifically Christian coaching. If you could recommend one book, what would it be and why? Yeah, I'm going to recommend two because I already mentioned Michael Gerber. So that's that's kind of a, an easy one there. But uh, definitely, you, you got to read The E-Myth. If you're into entrepreneurism and all and you haven't read it, something's wrong. You just got to read that classic. But the one that I read this last year that I'm just most stoked about right now is Cal Newport's Deep Work. Yes. Wow. What an analysis of the importance of shutting out technology and distraction, getting very, very clear about the primary things you're trying to be intentional on and deeply go into those so you can find the zone (laughs) and generate far more than you ever would have believed you could. Great, great. great Change of voice. That voice inflection was spot on, Chris. And (laughs) one of the big things that I took out of deep work, which I just loved, was residue, is that, you know, we think that we can just check our email real quick and then get back to our other tasks, but we don't realize we're bringing the whole residue from that action into whatever that next task is going to be. So don't think that you're going to be starting this clean, fresh slate of tasks when you move from something to something, especially when it's tech-oriented. So Fire Nation, just think about that. To me, that was that was game-changing. Chris, let's end it today on Fire Brother with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Parting piece of guidance would be to, again, get very clear between yourself, if you have a religious view, a spiritual view between yourself and God, but why are you here? What is your purpose? What is it that you feel is your calling? And then identify why does that matter? What's important if you don't live that out? What's important if you do? As you get clear about those values and the vision that emerges, then being very intentional about crafting, creating a plan. That's why people hire coaches is to to put flesh on those bones of the idea. Ideas. And then, like I said, with the scuba diving, then once you've planned the work, work the plan. Perseverance, stick to There's nothing that does uh, quite what tenacity does in pursuing anything in life. And we've heard it before, but one more time, the best way that we can connect with you. Hey, you're golden, man. Thank you for that. Professional Christian Coaching Today is where the podcast lives. And then school itself is professionalchristiancoaching.com. Professionalchristiancoachingtoday.com. Either one will get you to us. 
Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with CM and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Chris in the search bar, and his show notes page is going to pop up with everything that we've been chatting about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And Chris, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. And thank you, John Lee. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Chris today. And if you're looking to turn website visitors into customers, well, I hope you are, check out fireup.co. It's amazing. It's free. What are you waiting for? I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side.